Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Right, okay, Filthy Shambles, Season 2, Episode 35. I've got Dan with me today. Dan, how you doing? Hello, mate. All good. Oh, bloody hell. I hope you bring a bit more enthusiasm to, 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 <laughs> to, to the show. <laughs> I'm sure you will. You're just you're just holding back. You're holding back the magic for the time being. Keeping it real. And, uh, just keeping it real. Keeping like it real. Doors. Yeah, exactly. Like this, yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, it'd be nice for us to actually lose our shit every so often but um this being Tottenham it's them lot that lose their shit in the wrong way all of the time Ross welcome as well mate you're right mate and you and, uh, and I was just gonna say uh, uh at Spurs Simpsons um on Twitter if you want to check out Ross and his uh his creativeness which is really just <laughs> you, you stealing copyrighted material and just reinventing it for Tottenham which I'm all for you know it's, it's, some of it, good. some of it comes from the grey matter in my head. So yeah, but Listen, Spooks, I'm in, I'm in love. Spooks, Spooks, I'm in love. You're, well, and his hold name on. Is, is, is me. Ollie. You're talking about oh, no. oh well, no, that's fair enough. That's fair his enough. Name's Ollie. You you want to talk about? You want to go straight in like a Romero oh. tackle? You want to go straight in? Take out the host. Fuck up my oh. running order because you just want to talk about Oliver. I can't help Go, it. Do you know what? Do you know what? The mic is yours. Why do you love Ollie? Go for it. I right for about three years now. I've been championing that boy, and I don't know why, but he's just he's just a better Harry Winks. He can pass. He can tackle. He's proper Spurs, and I just ah oh, that goal yesterday when it when it left his foot. It just it was like music. Music it was beautiful classical music came off that right boot of his. He scuffed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Well, he, 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 uh, he, it was. He did have. I, I, uh, I saw someone earlier kind of say that it, it was kind of reminiscent. It, it's, it's really not comparable, to be fair. But it was kind of reminiscent of uh, Danny Rose in just in just the way it was kind of walloped. Obviously, the Danny Rose goal is 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 truly one of the greatest volleys in Premier League history, I think, undoubtedly. Oh. Uh, and the occasion was a lot more fiery than the one on on Sunday. But, yeah, you kind of, I kind of forgot that that Skip hasn't scored for us before. It's, uh, um, he's not that type of player. It's not like he's a goal-scoring midfielder. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what's not to love about him? You know, he's like an academy player. He's been at the club for God knows how long. Um, and he's actually really good at what he does. He's he's be- he's above and beyond functional, and he's not someone who who he's very dependable. He's not an unreliable player. I mean, Dan, uh, we'll get back to it, Ross. Anyway, we, we, in terms of Skip yeah, nice. uh, l- later, definitely. But are you in love with uh, Skip, or are you gonna you're gonna give me like a, a straight no, and we just move on to the next question? No, I'm with Ross. He's he's oh, um, threesome. <laughs> He he proper he pro- he properly just like unleashed something in me yesterday at that game. Like as soon as as soon as that ball left his foot, he's just like, oh my god, he's oh my god, and it just literally just ended up in the net. He just couldn't believe what <laughs> what we were seeing because it was him. Do you know what I mean? Like if that was I don't know anyone like a even like if it was Hoiberg or Bentoncourt, you'd be less surprised. But because it's quiet Oliver Skip hmm. who just kind of quite like just goes about his business, hmm. like. He properly, he properly asserted himself in that game yesterday, and the way that he's just absolutely just shrugged off that, you know, yeah, Felix just to just say, nope, that's mine. Having this, fuck off. And yeah, then it was, it, just the ended whole, up in the net. The the the, the whole um, kind of build up to that was glorious because Chelsea were absolutely woeful in 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 their defending, and you know, as much as of of obviously as much as we suffer having to watch Spurs. <sighs> try to defend when we're really bad at defending we are really bad at defending uh but seeing Chelsea um you know struggle to to kind of collect the ball clear the ball 
uh, and then get punished for it wa- was uh, fantastic and a little bit gutted. Uh, gutted. Well, I'm not really gutted, but uh, um, it, loads of people missed the goal because they were still queuing up for foods and drinks and God knows what. Mm. Um, so, like most of the, not every single stand was missing uh, bods, but <laughs> we should know by now. Spurs can often start the second half a lot quicker than they start the first half, um, and it was it was a great moment that that was kind of just a little bit subdued because of so many people getting back to their seats and like scratching their heads and thinking the fuck just happened but uh let's take it back let's actually let's go back to the beginning again because you know we're having we're gonna have a laugh at Chelsea's expense um you know we haven't beaten them in the last 12 games um they are often a football club they're often a team no matter the players and the manager, they kind of expect to beat Spurs, and they usually do. I mean, we don't. We 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 know our record against them. It is dog shit, and occasionally we have our day. Um, I'll, I'll stick with you for the moment, Dan. Um, a first half, second half comparison. We, we, we it's, this has become a bit of a, a regularity on, on the podcast because it, it it's been such a consistent. Uh, kind of glitch in Tottenham's football, um, if you want to call it that, because a lot of people think it's just <laughs> the way Conte likes to play his game. But the first half wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. And, and we're, we're, we're actually, if you look at our recent um, stats, the fact that we are winning games again, you know, and we're, we're not conceding goals, we're not losing games in the first half anymore, which which was which is really good to see. I mean, how did you feel the game was going initially? In terms of the way that it started, Chelsea had a lot of possession. Uh, yeah, to be fair, like it was one of those where obviously we were under the cosh a little bit in the first sort of twenty-five minutes or so, where there was just things we were trying that weren't quite coming off. But then as soon as we started to get a foothold, I think probably maybe from like the sort of thirty-minute mark onwards, we started to turn up the pressure a little bit. And I remember saying to my mate that I was with yesterday that it's not too bad, and we we, we just know what we like in the second half. So I think we. I was kind of confident that we would do something, um, that we would just be better in the second half than we were in the first, just because of what's happened this season so far. And I was, I was, I was confident leading up to the game all week. Anyway, I was, I, I genuinely thought that we would win this game. Um, mm. I've been saying one nil, so the fact that we won two nil was just even more glorious. And and Ross, were you happy with the uh, with the lineup? Because it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was it was the same lineup that we we started with against West Ham United. In another like home London uh, derby game, uh, Richarlison being you know I guess the key change uh, that we are continuing with that we're we're benching Son and we're starting with Richie. Um, did you have any doubts in that first half? The way the game started, the the way it kind of progressed. I mean, the team was fine. You don't. I mean, I, I like it when we don't change a winning team, which isn't <laughs> which doesn't happen often. Um, but I. No, I like the team. Um, Richarlison, I think we're going to have to get used to Sonny not playing every game now. I think mm. he's into that part of his career where, what is he? Is he 30 now, 31? I want to say he's 30. And, yeah, I think he's 30. Yeah, I think he's 30. Um, yeah. He's not old. I mean, he's not past it or anything, but... It's when mad. You've got someone like it, Richar- yeah, when you've got mad, someone like Richarlison. It's mad, isn't it, that we, yeah. footballers, they get to the age 30, and it's like, you're fucking past it, mate. It's like they're at the then peak you look of at their someone life. Like Modric and Messi and the guy Kane. in Saudi Arabia. Kane will play yeah, for his forty, he's... probably. Exactly. I mean, so it's, it's, I'm not writing him off. I mean, no, he's he's a legend. He's a great player. He still is a great player. But you buy someone like Richarlison to play him, and he hasn't had enough playing time for Spurs to get his groove in. So, no, I was happy with the team. I think they forced had to make a couple of. Decent shots. I mean, they were hit at him more than anything. But hmm. I think the Safe minute that Hoiberg, yeah, Hoiberg hit the post, and since that moment, it just t- turned the tide a little bit. Um, but I, the, the one I was really impressed with was Davies again. He, he he's not going to be wonderfully Roberto Carlos esque or anything like that. But he, as a squad player, I think he's what exactly what we need as a squad player. See, I'm gonna, right. I'm going to actually stick with this for for the minute. I'm kind of reading off our running order, but I'm going to just jump from one thing to the next as we kind of organically chat our way through the game. 
and the key moments and and, and some of the the uh, outstanding performances. But you know, if you if you look at if you just go back a few weeks, you know, and how maligned are our players were and the meme going around that, you know, you've got Dyer, you've got Davies, you've got Sanchez, you've got all these players that basically have been at the club for so long. Why have we not got rid of them? You know, it turns into a meme. It turns into another reason to hate Levy. And then you're suddenly down this weird rabbit hole again. And, you know, we've got Longley, who's just a loan signing because we didn't capture the the play that we probably wanted to do or Spurs are being cheap, whatever the narrative and trophies around that. But these players, again, and whether it's because they're patchy, whether it's because it's down to kind of momentum and and confidence and the rest of it, you know, they're putting in performances now. You know, we're we're we're. It's I I hope this isn't wrong, but I think it's eight clean sheets in. I want to say twelve games. You know, we've won four out of five games. Uh, We are we're looking pretty solid in terms of how the defense. Is protected by the midfield, the way the defenders like Dyer pushes into midfield as an extra number, the way that there seems to be more of a connection just in, in terms of awareness of what everybody's meant to be doing, which are really basic fundamentals. But obviously, if you've got players lacking confidence or players out of, out of form, which is the same thing really, or you're just not playing well for a, a number of reasons... It's going to degrade everything that you try to do. It's going to degrade the way you possess the ball, chase the ball, recycle the ball, deliver the ball. You know, it, often it's kind of glued together by by playing well, getting results, and everyone believing in what they're doing. And and arguably, right now, like even though Davis and um, uh, and Emerson are going to be maligned forever because they're not proper uh, wing backs. They're not doing yeah. too badly. I mean, obviously, they're getting into positions where you feel that if you had two world-class players in those positions, they deliver, you know, they deliver better crosses into the box, and we might be, we might have won the game four 0 yesterday if that was the case. But for what we've got now, considering the injuries that we've got, we, we you know, you've got to give credit where it's due and just enjoy what we're doing because we saw what happened last season towards the back end of it. Momentum carried us all the way to the Champions League. So, you know, I've almost forgotten as well that Benton Cole's injured, which is mental, really, because he's mm. such a good player and such a big loss. I don't know what my point is. This is uh, this has been a ramble from Spooky. There was a question somewhere in amongst all of that, but I've forgotten. Someone talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe, what, one thing I will say about the game, though, that would have absolutely... I do think it would have had a significant impact on it was Thiago Silva's injury. Yeah. Um, I remember he, I wanted Kane to just play well yesterday because the last few times that we played against Chelsea and Thiago's been playing that he's just he's he's just pocketed Kane most of the games yeah. or just completely like um just out just outsmarted him like there was even the, the game at the bridge where Kane scored but because he'd he'd, he'd touched his back he sort of went over and oh. went, and the referee gave a free kick and yes. it's just it's little funny. things it's, it's just little things that. like that in it it's just it's just little things that happen mm. like that, and then Kane yesterday, to be fair, was just a bit of a brute. Like he was leaving shoulders in on Kepa, he was leaving feet in on Thiago, I think as well. So he just weren't having any of it that they were going to come with. When you were when you were talking, sorry to interrupt you there, mate. As well, it's a bad habit. Um, <clears throat> so unprofessional for someone who's been podcasting for like I don't know twelve years. Um, As you were describing uh, Tiago, I was thinking it's the experience, right? It's that cunning uh, bastardness that these players have. Shithousery, isn't it? Yeah, they they know what to do. They know how to hack the game, even though there's there's a million cameras and, and, and supposedly a million ways of actually working out if a foul's a foul and if it's not. But... He's 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 he obviously has the the type of experience that often I, I you know we kind of need you know and I think Kane's good at it as well. Kane knows how to back into players and win free kicks, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's not illegal, and rival fans can cry about that all they want. But it's it's knowing how to hack the game. So you're right. Him going off was was very helpful. I I, I think in terms of allowing Kane to uh, blossom. A little bit more, especially in the second half, where I thought he played um, extremely well. I mean, let's get to the second half because I mean we're one nil up. Um, actually, we're not 
what am I doing? I'm time traveling again. It's nil nil. We're getting towards the end of the first half. Now I had a few to drink, right? And I actually didn't realize the red cards had been rescinded. Genuinely, <laughs> like she, I actually went went down. I uh, mean, up in the east stand. I had a piss. I started queuing up for God knows what. I thought I'd get a beer or I'd get a sausage roll. And I had a look, and there were no sausage rolls. And then I thought I'm too drunk to have a beer. Um, let, let me just leave it and go back to my seat. And I'm lucky I'd done that because I got back in my seat, sat down. The game kicked off. Skip scored, so I was well happy that I didn't miss it. But I kind of sat there wondering why Chelsea had come on with an extra player on the pitch. Mate, you've been sent off. What the fuck are you doing here? I actually remember thinking, wouldn't it be funny if uh, if a team tried to bring on a player, smuggle a player back onto the pitch? Like, and 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 they did, and they hadn't because it was just me being pissing drunk and not knowing what the fuck was going on. So. Uh, Ross, like, what did you what did you make of of the theatrics here? Because it's interesting that the ref was going to book the player for a yellow for the foul, doesn't book him for the foul. Then there's the the the, the coming together. He pushes Emerson in the face, well, on the shoulder, and his his hand slips into the face of Emerson. He's going to book him for that, but then gives him a red card for that, and then obviously goes back has another look takes about five, six minutes and gives him the yellow. But there's an argument to be had, which a lot of people are not talking about from what it looks like, that he should have got a yellow card for the foul and then the yellow card for the push in Emerson's face. So he sh- probably should have yeah. got a red card, right? Or am I just well, I like, ri- exaggerating? No, I had that written down. No, I had that written down. And I, when, when I was watching it, I thought, well, if he was going to book him for the initial challenge, surely he has to book him for the... He can still book him for the push on Emerson. But... This what annoys me the most about VAR is it wasn't a clear and obvious mistake by the ref. He's going by the fact that I think VAR said that he was going to push him but missed him or and he pushed him in the chest and ended up in the face. But he's pushed him. Sure, from what I know, if you push someone, it's a yellow, and if you slap him in the face, it's a red. But the but Atwell just he just made a oh he just made a ocean out of a teardrop and I just thought just if you just stick to your guns go on go against VAR but no and there was almost some sort of inevitability maybe it's the spurs in me but you just knew the minute it went to VAR he was going to change his mind and Chelsea would get away with it and somebody tweeted I bet he, I bet ZX scores the winner now and you could almost have seen it but oh, it's just an absolute absolute shambolic bit of referring referring there's a new word for you um but i think what you going back to your point spooks it, he was going to go booking but then i think it kicked off so yeah, he had to kind of distracted. sort that melee out but so yeah, you've I think got he's been distracted but you've got him you've got two two officials like watching from you know each end you've got people on var communicate i mean i know the ref had to go off for what i thought was a dump initially but i think his wiring got (laughs) disconnected but it's like do do they not can they not communicate at faster level i mean i mean dan what, what did you make of all this because um it didn't really make a difference in the end whether he got sent off or not right because spurs were were just so much better than chelsea and we can talk a little bit about how bad chelsea are at the minute because I did promise at the start of all this that we're going to laugh at them a little bit. But uh, what did you what did you make of this as well? Because it's like five, six minutes of what, giving the red card and then looking at the, the TV screen. Why are you not looking at the TV screen in the first place? You're so confident to, to give the red card. Should, yeah. should, at that point, should you not go with the referee's decision? I mean, I just... I. I'm kind of pretending at this point that I understand what what's going on with VAR. Is I'm I, I'm I'm so fed up and bored of having to have these discussions every single week about something that should be a lot easier to manage. You know. Yeah, and and I think the most frustrating thing was yesterday was that he was he was terrible yesterday at well anyway. Like I think that's one of the I think that is probably the worst refereeing performance I've seen at the ground this season for any of the games that I've been to. He just didn't have a clue what he was doing for like most of the game. He was just being inconsistent with everything that he wanted to do. Um, and then when it came to when he actually dished the red card out, like 
I mean, in my view, like that's it. Like there's no going back on that. You've given the red card. Do you know what I mean? Because it's happened. Ziyech has reached right across his face, right across his own face to get to Emerson. So it's like he couldn't have been in a better position or any closer to have seen what's happened. Hmm. Um, and I, I get that there's this argument of it's bounced off his chest onto his face. That, that does, that's inconsequential to me. That it's ended, His hands ended up where it's ended up. And I, I fully maintain that if that's at Anfield and he, hit, and he hits Mo Salah in the face like that, he gets sent off and he stays sent off. There's no looking at VAR and reversing the decision after the after the fact and what made it worse was that that's a good point that's a because good it point. took but what made it worse is that because it took like five minutes obviously we all get angst in the stadium anyway like when mm. it's all happening didn't we so it, it, the pressure's just piling on him to get on with things get on with things by the end of it but when he went to the screen we were all like oh fucking hell is he going to send some, one of our lot off for doing something and the Chelsea fans were all cheering when he got his red card back out of his pocket because we thought that he was going to send like don't know, like Richarlison or Emerson yeah. or someone else yeah. off or Longley or someone else like for, for getting involved. Um, but then when we saw him sort of hold it up, wave it and then just dish a yellow card, we were like, so he's just reversed that. But that is an absolute travesty um, because of how it played out. It was just farcical I mean, in the end. Do, do you, just sticking with you, like, do you, because some someone was telling me, um, I won't shame them, but someone was saying to me, oh, no, the ref's all right. He's, he's letting the game He's letting a lot of things go. He's letting the game flow a little bit. But I, I, I just, I found, I, I, if it, maybe he did, maybe he let little fouls or whatever, you know, maybe he let people get away with things and didn't show the 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 yellow cards often. I don't think that helps matters because people can get away with what are, ref, you know, yellow card offences, and then later on in the game, the, the ref's like, no, I'm going to have to give a yellow card now. So it's like, hold on, so everything before was a yellow, but you weren't giving them because you're letting the game flow. But now you're going to stop start for the rest of the, the, the game because you're going to be dishing out a yellow card. So I don't, this letting the game flow seems to be a, a way of, I might I might let certain people get away with certain things. And, I, and I, that doesn't, I don't, I don't find that agreeable, you know. I, am I making my point clearer or does it sound yeah. like I'm still drunk from Sunday? Probably a bit of both, but yeah, I definitely both, get. Definitely. I, I definitely get what you're saying, though. Like, I I think that there's time. There's a time and place, right? Like to to to, to referee in that way, and I think that he if he if you're going to referee a game in a certain way, you've got to be consistent with that way of thinking from start to finish, because um, at least the fans then can see that you're being consistent throughout the whole the whole game, of course. But I thought he was letting a lot go. I thought he was, but not letting a lot go in the sense of like. He wasn't booking people when he should have. I thought he was just letting fouls be fouls. And that ZH one was the first one that I thought, yeah, mm. no, that's going to be a booking because he's completely cleared him out there, mm. like from behind, stepped across him. That's it. That's, that'll be a yellow card. But um, I think, in, in fairness, Richie just done what Richarlison does and just sort of wound him up and it, it almost, well, essentially got him sent off. And then even though it was reversed, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. But then I thought, how he was after that. I thought he was obviously very tentative and stuff like that, but he just made a rod for his own back, essentially. So, like, nil-nil, half-time. Obviously, we've, we've spoken about Skip, and we can we can comfortably speak about him again uh, momentarily, if need be. But we've come out, we've scored in the first 20 seconds of the second half, which was kind of made whatever Potter told these players absolutely redundant. I mean, I don't even know what he told these players, to be fair, but whatever it was, obviously, isn't getting through to them. Uh, because we just we we just cut through them just with ease. Spurs came out a bit punchy, you know, looking looking to attack, looking to get on the front foot and just put put them under pressure. Uh, and obviously they didn't clear. Uh, skip scores one nil. I mean, we're not losing it from this point onwards, are we? I mean, I know hindsight and everything, and we we know the final result. But Ross, like, what what impressed you uh, with? How I mean, it took us a while to get the second. Uh, but what impressed you for the the remainder of the game in terms of uh, performances? I mean, you know, we've just touched upon upon uh, Richarlison. You know, he doesn't he hasn't scored. Okay, he's uh, he's been subbed off for Son. Uh, the guy, there's something about him, right? He often is frustrating the way maybe he gives the ball away, sloppy pass, or his first touch isn't very Brazilian at all. Um, 
it's more boring wood. Um, but then he's he's effort. He's he's grafting. He's running. He's defending. That that relentlessness, that tempo that he sets, the bullying of the players around him. Um, he's a, he's he, he's he's a very good footballer, right? He's a bit raw around. You know, he's a bit rough around the edges at the minute in certain ways. But uh, how important is he to to perhaps? Uh, continuing this, this, this. I mean, how important was he in the game? First of all, before we look to the future, I think he's. I think he was very important in the game because, as much as we love Son, he's not the type of guy that's going to wind the opposition up. I mean, how many times have we played against teams where they've got someone shit housing and we're coming away going, why don't we get players like that? But we've got two or three now in our team. I mean, if you throw in Romero. Um, to a lesser extent, Hoiberg. But now we've got Richarlison up front as well, uh, playing on from the left. It just adds that person up front who is going to keep working so hard and he's not going to do it in a kind of headless chicken way. He, well, You said shithousery, right? I mean, we had Eric Lamella at one point, but this is not comparable to Lamella, who was <sighs> no. chaotic, yeah? And he was often like, what the fuck are you doing, Lamella? Oh, you... Uh, you stamped on his foot, I love you to bits. But it's not really what we want you to do. Whereas Richarlison no, is a little it, bit more disciplined and effective, ref- right? It's more refined shithousery with Richarlison, <laughs> if that makes sense. It's more of a... It's, it's like... Um, it's, with um, Eric Lamella, it was all martial, no art. But with Richarlison, he, he's got his technique down to a T. Perfect, yeah. Um, and no, because he's now becoming very important. We... We have to give him some more game time. There's no point taking him in and out because he won't get a rhythm to his um, game. We need to give him now a few more games. And once that first goal goes in, I know he scored a couple against Marseille, but there's more emotional for him than anything. Once he starts getting a few goals, they'll they'll start coming more regularly. And we'll have someone who, when Kane needs a rest, can step in. The one yeah. that I feel for is poor old Dan Juma on the bench. He seems to have been the forgotten man, bless him. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I forgot about him. Uh, even uh, I know Porog <laughs> came on uh, in the in the second half. Um, um, but that's fine. It's fine because we kind of bought a lot of players in the summer that haven't really kicked on since the summer for a multitude of reasons. Um, so whether Dan Juma is someone who will disappear in the summer um and we, we we don't you know we don't buy him we don't sign him no. um you know that's it remains to be seen there's still a lot of games to be played um so yeah i kind of agree richarlison like he brings a lot and i know there's there there is a subculture of spurs fans that think oh 60 million quid for what and it's like mate it's forget about the price tag um well, if Grealish was shit his first season he cost 100 yeah, million, but it, he's starting to find his feet now Exactly. I mean, it, it, the, the price tag thing is it's it's such a distorted uh, debate. In if you're going to say, well, we could have spent that money on someone else, who, Endombele, like what 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 player? <laughs> like it, it's play you you know the, don't worry about the the, the 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 price paid. We needed a backup striker, but the, the, even the word backup is a bit derogatory, I think, because he's someone that can become a first team player o- over time. Um, we kind of touched upon them earlier, uh, Dan, like in terms of our, our fullbacks. Um, Emerson and, and Davis again having you know good games, I think. Emerson, yeah. Emerson initially, so this is kind of like drunk vision, uh, from my perspective. I kind of I noticed he was he was also having one or two misplaced passes and looked a little bit untidy, not too dissimilar to Richarlison, but he did get better, um, as the game went on. And and I think by the end of it, I thought, yeah, okay, he's 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 persistent. He's continuing to play really well. Uh, any thoughts on the two of them? Um, you know, considering we do have like a forty million pound right wing back on the bench, uh, not so much an alternative on the other side of the pitch. Uh, are, you, are you happy with the way it's going with Emerson, the redemption arc? Yeah, um, I've, I think you've got to be at the moment because I think. What he seems to have set himself over the last month is a decent baseline of performances yeah. um, that he's not really dipped below. I thought he was, you know, really like almost for his, for his standards from what we've seen before. I thought he was almost exceptional against West Ham. 
really good against Man City. Um, in, well, both times he played Man City, to be honest with you, I thought he was really good in both of those games, the loss and the win. Um, and I thought yesterday, like like a lot of them were sloppy in the first yeah. sort of part of the first half. So yeah. I won't label that just on him. I've definitely felt that he 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 still improved as the game went on, and he's just solid. Like that partnership that him and Romero seem to have struck up in the defensive sort of like their little quarter of the pitch, if you like, um, in that kind of right back area, that right sided defensive area. Like they're just they're probably just scary for teams to go up against at times. I mean, they were kicking lumps out of Chelsea um, for periods, and I thought, you know. They're just not going to be. If they're not going to be the most expansive down the right hand side with Emerson's kind of like lack of attacking prowess, they're certainly going to be the one of the nastiest to play against. If if you get what I mean. Mm. Um, and I thought Davis was good again as well. Like I, he's just um, he didn't. I've, he, I've, I think I think even he was probably surprised with how little we had to worry about with Reese James. Like Reese James was shit. I thought he was so poor. I thought he looked weird. I, I was looking at him. I was thinking. I don't know if it's just because it's the first time I've seen him in person, but I, like if he always looks like this, but he just mm. looked slow, lethargic, mm. possibly not even fit. I know he's come; he's not only um, he's he only sort of came back from a long term injury, didn't he? Like in the last month and a half or something like that. But yeah, still, he's, like uh, he's, he's struggling. He's he's definitely there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of oh, we're, we're coming to Chelsea for that laugh a minute uh, shortly. I mean, I've just seen something interesting, like a pass map. Uh, of Chelsea, uh, what they were trying to do against Tottenham, and they were trying to target Emerson. They were, they were, okay. Let's put some context to this. They were targeting the side that is arguably the strongest side of the Tottenham team: Romero, Emerson, and Kulusevski. Like Graham Potter, mate. Like what? What are you? What are you doing exactly? Like it's... you know, what weaknesses has he seen there? To I mean, fair enough on paper. You know, that Chelsea team, you think, that's pretty tasty. And they've got players that can really hurt you. But obviously not at all, because we, we absolutely bullied them down that side. Uh, as the, the longer the game went on, I mean, I, I think it was there was no discomfort viewing it. And there was definitely no discomfort for the players down on the pitch uh, trying to boss it. So... Yeah, I just I mean, think I just think that right side is so robust, though. Like you've got Kulusevski, Emerson, and Romero, who are all just solid, didn't they? Like especially, yeah. like physically, they're all quite imposing, or at least yeah. like solid in what they do. And the amount of tackles yesterday that there were fifty fifties that they just fucking went ten toes into and just smacked it off a Chelsea player, or just kicked through someone, or they slid through them. Like they just got all of that on point. And I mean, Chilwell looked like a child against Kulusevski like yesterday, whilst Kulu's not. I don't. I still don't think Kulu's playing badly. Whilst he's, he's not, not reaching on his top heights, form, is he? He's not reaching minute. his heights, but don't get me mm. wrong. I think he's getting better game by game. And there was a moment in the second half yesterday where he's rolled the ball, and I think he's rolled it through, possibly rolled it through Chilwell's legs. But he rolled it. He just rolled it past someone. He's just mm. taken four of their players out of the game, and you think that's just so class that he's been able to do that there. Oh, yeah, he's um, uh, he's top uh, draw, mate. I, I, I just think that you know that right side is 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 pretty solid, and when. I think Porro will be given game time as time goes on. I think he's probably going to play in the cup yeah. against Sheffield. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's a perfect game for him to start in. We'll probably, you'd like to think, have more of the ball in that game. So Son to start that game as well. I mean, actually, we, do you know what? Hold, we'll we come back to the FA Cup um, yeah. on the on the Patreon part of this uh, uh, podcast. We, we can chat a little bit about that um, as it's on uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Ross, so let, let, let's kind of wrap up. I, I want to come back. I want to come to Romero and, and talk about him. But uh, we've got a question from someone around Romero as well. But uh, obviously, Kane makes it two 0 for uh, Son corner, a little deft uh, kind of header touch off Dyer. Um, uh, some amazing, brilliant goal hanging from Harry Kane. Um, who was being marked by Sterling, which is just absolutely bizarre. <laughs> and it's, it was still a good, you know, I'm saying go hanging, you know, uh, but it was a, it's still a great finish. And that was it. That was the game. That was, it was, you know, Chelsea were trying to do something. They were, they were being a little bit inventive, a little bit creative in, in, in trying to play the ball into the box. And Forster had to be alert a couple of times, but it wasn't like, oh my God, my heart is in my mouth. At all, there was none of that. 
Um, and obviously 2-0. What did you make of Kane's performance here? Because uh, a nice little stat. Um, this is now the ninth season uh, where he scored 20-plus goals in um, all competitions, uh, which I think he shares with... Uh... Oh, shit, who does he share the record with? I should have made a note of that. Great research, oh. Spooky, mate. Uh, the <laughs> guy that plays for Bayern Munich, Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Yeah, you he, so he shares it. He shares the, the record with with him. Uh, although having having just stopped and thought about it, surely Messi and Ronaldo are on that list as well. Um, ah, they're in a different stratosphere, though. Yeah, they're maybe they're not they're not counted in any stats anymore because they're just both at seven hundred goals. Um, the fucking show-offs. Um, but yeah, Kane, Kane, uh, Kane is Harry Kane at this point, right? Every goal is a, is a record for us now. Yeah, I something that I'm going to pick up something Dan said earlier on. I think Thiago Silva going off helped us a lot. Bringing on um, uh, who do they bring on? I forgot. Fafana, Fafana. wasn't it? Yeah, who's mm. who's coming back from a serious injury himself this season? Um, Koulibaly's just. I'm glad we never signed him. I think I think he had a decent twenty minutes against us, didn't he, at their ground where he scored? Yeah, and that's all I've seen of him this season, really. Um, but no, I thought Kane was Kane. He, he he does what he does in every game. Yeah, you know, because he's not Haaland and he, because he doesn't go around people like Messi. He's and he's got no trophies. Obviously, he's the worst player in the world. But which gets on my nerves. But people are allowed opinions. Um, no, I thought he was great. I thought, I think, I'm wondering if he's taken a little bit of more pride now he's captain as well. It's just mm. something that I've picked up on. I mean, I'm, it might be just the small things, but they're the little things that help sportsmen. You know they how, um, how they think and how they are put together these top athletes. Yeah, and just giving him the armband, which you know I've always thought he should have anyway, was um, it, it just seems to. Have, taking him to a, a different level as well. And he's really leading that side well at the minute. And I think that shouldn't go unnoticed. Um, yeah, great. It's deserved If it hadn't as been well. for that bloody machine in that Man City, his scoring stats this season are bloody brilliant. I mean, I know it's not a goal a game and it's nothing exciting and he's not thumping him in from 30 yards, but, you know, he he's he seems to have just gone under the radar this season, it seems, apart from when he broke um, Jimmy's record. Yeah, but nah, I, I I wouldn't swap him for Haaland. I wouldn't swap him for Lewandowski or anyone at the minute. I, he is so crucial to us. Um, it's weird to think that a couple of months ago we were like, well, we're going to lose Kane and we're going to lose Conte. What's the point? And now it's you know a couple of decent results and everything's rosy again. Dan, uh, Savinio had this question to ask. As much as I love Romero. He has been showing very. He is. He has been showing very risky on the ball, and almost paid for it today. Not a great sentence there, mate. But you know, I'm just going to read it out. Is this just he's cockiness of being a World Cup winner, or are our uh, defenders being coached to do this? It just makes me worried when he holds the ball so long. I'll not be honest. I, I didn't. I haven't really noticed this or worried about it. I mean. Let's just, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're both going to agree with this, but Dan, you know, Romero is 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 fantastic. I think Adam was talking about this maybe on Twitter or, or, or in the chat group that, um, uh, or someone was saying this, and probably most Spurs fans think this. He he goes in for that initial tackle, and he takes the players down. Doesn't often he's yellow carded, but sometimes when he does it early in the game, he's not. And at that point. That player has tapped out the game. That player doesn't want any more of it. That player does not want any more of this Argentine beefcake ramming into him and smashing him to the ground. I think Adam did say, like, you know, you made made a comment about what he probably says as he's running into them, if he says something to them. You know, I like to think that he's, he's charging into them and saying, next time you're dead. And then that, that, that's it. They just yeah. they just think fuck <laughs> this. I'm just not getting involved anymore. <laughs> like he is absolutely brilliant. He's going to be. I mean, I'm sure he's on well on course to becoming uh, like a like a, a, a fan favorite if he's not already. Um, but let, let's touch upon Savino's uh, Savino's uh, question. Um, mm. Have you noticed that? Is that something that you've, you you thought maybe he holds on to the ball for a bit too long? 
Um, no, but because, I've, certain, I've certainly noticed that like he holds on to it for a while, but then hmm. I don't think that that's a cockiness issue. I definitely think it's something that he's doing tactically. He knows what he's doing. He's he's drawing. He's just drawing the opposition player in because once they come towards him, the, at the last moment or at the right moment, he'll move the ball on because then the space that that player has left as vacated by charging towards him, all he has to do is move that ball to the side to either his right back or Eric Dyer and someone else like Skip or Hoy be able pick the ball up in that area that's been vacated. Do you know what I mean? It's those yeah. little triangles that 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 where they where they press, that's just how you kind of get around that press. That's just all he's trying to do. I think He's a progressive he, footballer, right? Yeah. yeah he's an and intelligent I mean, footballer. We make a we, we laugh about his physicality, but he's actually got a bit of everything. He's not he's not one dimensional in the slightest. No, he's he's not just a hard capacity. He's not just a hard nut. He's not just a hard nut. No, like he's not. he's a very he's a very capable ball player, if anything. Like some of the balls he picks out where he passes into the centre of midfield through in between the lines are brilliant. And I think what Savino might be referring referring to is there was a moment where he he just had a poor touch and then the touch got away from him, so then he lunges in to make the tackle. But mm-hmm. um but he makes the tackle, he wins the ball and goes through the Chelsea player. And it's one of those where you think the ref would, based on how he was refereeing yesterday, you thought he was going to have a mare and book him for that. But he didn't even give a foul, which was the correct decision because he's just gone through the ball. So it was fine. But I think that you're going to, I think as well, do you remember we used to play under Poch and we always used to play out from the back and we we would get so stressed about the passing around the back, like drawing the, their players yeah. on before yeah. getting yeah. round them. Like, it's just unfortunately, like that's a tactical instruction that the managers want them to do. That every now and then you are going to have those heart in mouth moments, and as fans, you're like just fucking get rid of it. But they're not going to change what they do. Ross, if uh, if Romero was a character from The Simpsons, who would he be? <laughs> oh, bloody hell. He I know. I put be... you on the spot here, haven't I? I've just made that up on the spot as well. He's so not quite Milhouse. He's not. He's not Milhouse. Of course not. He's not quite. Nelson. I know exactly who Nelson. he is. I'm go because he's got to be a hard nut. So you're yeah, looking at either Jimbo, yeah. Kearney, someone like that. I think I'm going Jimbo because he's a little bit. Okay. He's got that smoothness about him with the ladies, but he's also a hard nut. That's I'd have said. Um, I, I I'd like have said that. the school like janitor, that. the school janitor Willie, or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> when he fights that wolf and he takes his shirt. Oh yeah, he, what, what, he, he's, he's, he's the yeah. goat. He's one of the goats. There's so many goats in that program. Um, Bless him. Um, but just going back to the point that Savino said, and I agree with what Dan said. I, just, I don't think it's cockiness. I just think it's something we're not used to in this country, where you have a defender who is so mm. confident on the ball that they do take their time. A lot of our defenders mm. previously. I suppose you can miss out. Yeah, I suppose you can miss out Rio Ferdinand and that. But yeah, they get the ball and it's all fifty-yard passes, or it's just quickly get it to the guy next to me. With Romero, he just takes his time and waits for the pass, the one that's going to progress Spurs up the field more. So, uh, just a couple of things to finish on. Um, I first of all, the state of Chelsea, right? Okay, so we did say we were going to laugh a little bit at them. Chris had this to say. Chelsea haven't turned up for a game against us uh, for the first time in years. Worst team in two decades. I, I guess in the moment that, yes, it's the worst performing Chelsea team we've had to play in the past two decades, considering that this team live to beat us. They're like an upper-class West Ham United, right? They live and breathe. They're, they're defined, even though they've they've won everything. They've won the lot, as their fans like to remind us. And yet they still define themselves against Spurs they need they need Spurs to give them to give their history a bit of color and a bit of flavor I'm proper going over the top here but um they were poor and considering how poor we have been at, at, at especially if, if you go all the way back to the 90s and you start from there I don't care I, I really don't care that Chelsea are suffering and struggling at the minute I, I don't mind Graham Potter I you know I kind of feel sorry for him but he took the money he took the job you know you find out whether you're good enough. You didn't think you were good enough for us. You're where you, you're where you deserve to be right now, and you're kind of getting a taste of, of what it's like to manage a football club that doesn't really, deep down, doesn't really have a culture and history. Not not really. Not in the same way a lot of other football clubs do. Um, and again, I don't care that I'm going over the top with this because I fucking hate Chelsea. 
Um, Dan, yes. it is funny in it. I mean, there's. I think there's something that we, that was getting chatted about after the game was. Is Potter getting sacked better than him staying for Tottenham? Because if they stick with him, does he work it out? And does he turn them into a super rich Brighton-style football club, which is going to be horrific for us? Um, or are Chelsea Chelsea and they're going to want to they're going to want to twist? They're going to want to bring someone else in because that's what they do. That's that is their. That is actually their culture. To, to be fair, that is their their identity as a football club. Um, what do I think they'll do? I mean, what they should do and what I think they'll do are probably two completely different things. Um, well, or, or are they? I don't actually know. Like, some, I think some people could argue that right now maybe they should sack him because he's been he's had twenty games now. He hasn't. I know he's had a lot of players chucked his way, but. He doesn't settle one at starting eleven, does he? He doesn't have a centre back pairing. He doesn't have two in midfield outside of like Enzo Fernandez is going to start every game, isn't he? Mm. He brought a Bamiang on in yesterday because mm. he literally was out of ideas. Like he had nothing else to, to throw at us in terms of a striker. Um I know people are saying they've not bought a striker. Well they have. He's just not coming in until the summer, which is in Cuckoo. Um so Oh, I forgot about him. Exactly, like they've already mm. signed one, so I think I, I think they'll probably will stick with him. Is me, is my honest belief? Um, it just depends. But then saying that, it depends on how he gets on himself. Like over the next few months, like over the next few, sorry, not even months, the next few games, because they've got like Leeds. If they lose to like their fixtures now, are like Leeds, Dortmund, and fucking someone else chucked in there. He's got to be in big trouble then, isn't he? I mean, he's already on a horrific run like now for a, mm. for a Chelsea team. I think I was saying to you yesterday, like it's just too big a jump for him from Brighton. Like Chelsea are a massive football club, whether we like them or not, whether we like it or not, sorry. They're a massive football club. Like They're a huge European global football club. Like They've won the Champions League twice now. That's, that's facts, regardless whether they've bought it or, or whatever else. They've won. They've won the Champions League twice. They've won the Premier League numerous times. Like that's just such a big gig compared to Brighton. And he can turn his nose up at us all he wants to, or allegedly wanted to. But I think that we would have always been a much better fit for him in terms of his progression ladder. But yeah, um, it is funny to see. It's glorious to see. In some way, I hope they fucking give him a ten-year contract. So seeing as they love to give them out to their players, give him a ten-year contract and uh, just fucking run themselves into oblivion at this point. Yeah, I mean, we can we can dream because that's what we do as Spurs fans. Uh, Ross, just uh, to finish up, really, well, for the both of you, I mean, Stellini still 100%, four wins, two derby wins, two clean sheets. He's doing all right, isn't he? I mean, everything is okay, but is it really just as it was before, just we're a little bit more on form? Um, you know, I, I don't really want to kind of... <sighs> You know, it's not like Conte has nothing to do with what's going on at the minute. It's still his team, arguably, and the players are, are you know, if you if you listen to what they say, are missing him and missing his input, missing him being there. And I think in many ways, so are we. And I think I might have touched upon this in, on previous podcasts. I think what happens with Conte being present is that he brings with him, whether it's on purpose or whether it's because the media are looking for it, all the negativity that comes with this narrative He's not going to sign a contract. He is going to sign a contract. He's going to he's going to quit in the summer. What is Levy going to do? And then suddenly there's all this noise. Surely that noise has a bit of an impact on what's going on. I mean, do you think it has an impact? Do you think it has any relevance? Uh, do you think the players are a little bit more relaxed? We spoke about this on the last pod, actually, so I don't want to go too deep into it because we don't really know behind closed doors. We can only go by what we're watching and... And it's easy to look at a couple of good results and go, oh, it's because of that. Okay, maybe it is, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just because they're fucking working hard. Because of the poor performances, because of the dicking we got at Leicester City, that we've turned it around because of that performance. It had nothing to do with Conte, nothing to do with this, that or the other. It's just how our season's been so far this season. Do, do, do you want Conte should be back soon, next week, I think. Um, are you looking forward to having having the big man back? Yeah, massively. He's our coach, and I, 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 no matter what people say, he's still a world class coach. And um, for what he's done, um, the only thing 
it is still his team, and they're still performing the way they are for for him through Stellini. So we can, you know, we can go on about Stellini doing this, that, and the other, and good old Ryan Mason being there, which is good to see. But it is still Conte's team playing in a Conte way. I think we've been. I think it's been great that Saar and Skip have been given a chance. Um, Davies at left wing back might be a good one. Now Sessegnon's injured for we don't know how long. And I just... uh, The whole thing about with Conte's contract, as you said, he seems to do this a lot at every club that he's at. But I don't think... Now, I don't think it affects the players too much. If it does, then they shouldn't be professional footballers. Hmm. I just wish he would tell us now. Because it's February, it's March in a couple yeah. of days. Just tell us. Just tell us. If he wants to go at the end of the season, But I think most of us would understand. He's lost three dear friends, especially Jean, um, which was a shock for everyone. And I yeah. think it affected Son as well. Um, yeah. I think we overlooked that a little bit. And he's lost Mihalovic and he's... Um, Unfortunately, lost Jan Luca Vialli, and if you if one of it's us lost three, an easy it, season and the surgery, it hasn't emotionally, else. and I think that it gets too overlooked that these people aren't robots; they are going to suffer, and I think he has suffered. So maybe he does go at the end of the season. I just wish he would tell us now um, all this cloak and dagger stuff, and maybe yeah, you know, big projects and all that malarkey, just tell us, and then we can get on with it, and then we can give him a nice send-off or welcome him with a nice big contract. All right, perfect. Listen, um, if you're listening to this on your podcast app, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever whatever application you got on your uh, application, I sound like a proper granddad, don't I? Uh, if you are listening to this on a, on a, on a, on a service, then that's the end of the podcast. If uh, you check out Spooky in Purgatory on Patreon.com, this podcast will continue for another 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes maybe. Might treat ourselves to 30 more minutes of Tottenham Hotspur. So Dan and Ross, say goodbye to the the listeners on that side. Thanks, everyone. Be safe. Say something, Ross, mate. Stay clean. Stay clean. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a new one on me. (laughs) All right. So uh, (laughs) thank you, everyone. See you on the next one.